The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zinn 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of smoking audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's crime stories possible. It's Lisa Mattress, a collaboration between Lisa and West Elm. The natural hybrid is made from natural latex, natural wool, and environmentally safe foams. The natural hybrid elevates your sleep and supports. Go to lisa.com forward slash nancy to learn more. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com forward slash nancy. February 2004, Mara Murray empties her bank account, drives four hours from school, crashes her car, and vanishes. Join the search as an investigative reporter uncovers new evidence, interrogates new witnesses, traces down new leads in this riveting new investigative series. The Disappearance of Maura Murray, Saturdays, 7, 6 Central, and 9, 8 Central on Oxygen, the new network for crime. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on Sirius XM Triumph, Channel 132. This young aspiring pastor charged with murdering his Sunday school teacher wife. I think I killed my what, what do you mean by that? What happened? 28-year-old Matthew Phelps arrested after a detailed and disturbing call to 911. I had a dream and then I turned on the lights and she's dead on the floor. How? 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 Between labored breaths and alarming admission. I have blood all over me and... There's a bloody knife on the bed, and I think I did it. I can't believe this. A disoriented-sounding caller telling the dispatcher he took cough medicine to sleep the night before. He qualifies that, yes, it looks like I did kill her. The knife is here. I have blood all over me. However, this medicine made me do it. A beautiful young Sunday school teacher stabbed to death in her own bed. The alleged perpetrator covered in blood. We want answers. This is the autopsy report just released. 
I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us. Take a listen to the urgent 911 call. 911, what's the address of your emergency? The Tuxton Drive. Okay, just repeat that address to make sure we have it right. The Tuxton Drive, Raleigh, North Carolina. Okay, and what is your first and last name? Phone number you calling from? Phone number. Yes, sir. Tell me exactly what happened. I think I killed my. What What do you mean by that? What happened? I had a dream, and then I turned on the lights, and she's dead on the floor. How? How? I'm, I'm, I have blood all over me, and there's a bloody knife on the bed, and I think I did it. Okay. Give me, all right, stay on the phone with me. I'm getting her ambulance, okay? I can't believe this. I can't believe this. When did you, when did you wake up to find this? Oh, I don't even know what time it is. All right, stay on the phone with me, sir. I'm just gonna ask you a few questions, okay? I'm getting some help to you. Are you with Are you with the patient now? Yeah, I can see her. Okay. All right. How old is the How old is the patient? How's your? She's twenty nine. Okay. Is she Is she awake at all right now? What makes you think she's dead? Is she awake? She's not breathing. Okay. Oh my God. Okay, do you think she is beyond, beyond any help? I don't know. I don't, I'm too scared to get too close to her. Okay, just stay on the phone with me, sir. I'm, I'm, I'm here with you. I'm here with you. I'm so scared. All right, I've already sent the paramedics to help you, okay? I'm sending someone to assist you. Just please leave everything as you found it. Is there anything else we can do for you, sir? Where's, where's the knife right now? Knife on the bed. I'm not next to it, so I'm not. I don't have a weapon on me or anything like that. Okay. When did you, when did you wake up? No, I don't know. Uh, I took I took more medicine than I should have. What medicine did you take? I took I took horse eating, cough and cold. Because I know it can make you feel good, so a lot of times I can't sleep at night. Okay. Took some. All right. Now, what is it? What are you sure she's not breathing? She's not moving. Oh my God. Okay, I'm. I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna stay here with you. Okay, just, just right, let's let's at least see if she's breathing. Okay. So All right. This, her. You, just can you see her from where you're at? Yeah, it's so bad. There's so okay. much blood. Okay. All right. I'm gonna stay here on the phone with you until help gets there. Okay. Um, just don't don't touch anything. Just look at is she is she breathing at all? Is her chest moving? Is anything going on with her? No. Okay. Well, we're gonna we're gonna leave. Blood is dried on me. It's dried. 
the blood's not wet on me. The blood is dry. So I don't okay. know when, I don't know what I... Oh, my God. All right, well, at least look, we're going to at least try to help her, okay? All right, just give me this. All right, I've already sent the paramedics to help you. Just stand alone. I'm going to tell you exactly what to do next, okay? Are, are you right by her? Oh, my God. I mean, I can see her, but oh, my God. <laughs> Stay with me, sir. I, I know I know this is upsetting, but we were going to try to do what as much for as you can. If, if you're not sure that she's gone, we're going to try to help her, okay? So just listen carefully. Oh, I know my it's, God. Just listen, okay, sir? First. Just, just look at her right now. Is, is the king, tell me what you see. Is she is the chest moving? Is she breathing? Anything at all? No, she's not moving at all. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> no, she didn't deserve this. Why? I, I understand, sir. I understand, but right now we just want to make sure we're doing as much as possible. Right. Is there anyone else at, at all in the home with you? So is it just you and her? No, where, where are you in the house? Where are you in the house, sir? Oh, the back of the house. There's a light on it. Okay, well... All right, is the door unlocked? I don't know. Can you can you go do that for me, sir? That way the paramedics can get in. Can, are you able to do that? No. Okay, go ahead and don't, go ahead. And stay on stay on the phone with me. Go ahead and unlock the door, okay? What's that blue light? What'd you say, sir? Somebody. Go ahead and unlock the door. Let me know when she's done that, okay? Let me know when the door's unlocked. Okay, all you said officers are there? No. I'm a, okay, I'm going to let you go. I'm going to let you go. Yes, we're talking about the so-called cough syrup killer. The aspiring Bible student graduated, becoming a pastor any time now. Instead, claims he was high on cough syrup when he gets home from his job as a lawn care worker. High on cough syrup and in some kind of a daze, murders his young wife. Now, this is what is so critical. In the last hours, the autopsy report has been revealed. Joining me right now, Steve Helling from People Magazine, Cheryl McCollum, director of the Cold Case Institute, and Karen Stark, psychologist, joining us out of New York. Steve Helling, you're on the case. Explain to me the very latest on the cough syrup murder. The autopsy report came out, and it is brutal. She had 123 either stab wounds or slash wounds, you know, knife wounds, including, and this is this is crazy to me, 24 stab wounds and 20 cuts to her neck and head. So that's 44 slashes or, or stabs with a knife on her neck or head. Then she had them on her torso, and then there were all sorts of them on her arms, too. Steve, uh, Steve, defensive. Steve, 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 I appreciate your what? exuberance. That's always nice in a man to be, you know, enthusiastic. Uh, can you slow it down? I feel like I'm drinking out of a fire hydrant. Oh, okay. Break it Sorry, down for so. me. Too All much right. at once. I've got to analyze literally. I mean, Cheryl McCollum, you were right there in the courthouse and I was trying cases. When I had an autopsy report, I literally would have to study each line 
because it's it's a foreign language. It's like you're in medical school trying to understand what they're saying, Cheryl. To pick apart an autopsy report is no easy thing for a layperson. Oh, it's not at all, Nancy, and I agree with you. Line by line, word for word is going to paint a picture here. So as much as I appreciate the enthusiasm, Steve Helling from People Magazine, slow down the train. Now, okay, start at the beginning. Right. The first thing I heard was 123 stab wounds. I really don't need, know if I need to hear anything else because I don't know how any, let me just say it, jackass, could sleep through 123 stabs and then wake up and his wife is dead. But you know what? I'm reserving judgment till I hear the whole thing. Tell me, Steve, start at the beginning. Autopsy report. Like we said, 123 wounds, which, you know, some of them were very deep and some weren't. But, you know, there was a struggle and it was quite a struggle. And and it's obvious that this wasn't just, you know, the first stab wound was not the one that killed her. To Cheryl McCollum, crime scene expert and the director of the Cold Case Institute. Cheryl, let's just say without dating ourselves, this is not our first rodeo, okay? Let's talk about what exactly, you know, another thing, Cheryl, what I like to do when I look at a crime scene. First of all, I want everybody to be quiet. Mm-hmm. And let me just look at it. Let me look at every single thing. I'll never forget a Jane Doe murder. And I was at the scene where the body was found. And I saw her earring about Mm -hmm. two feet away from the body. And people had already started stepping on it. I went, whoa, 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 wait a minute. That was so significant, that one thing, Cheryl, because if you looked at her naked ear, you could see that the earring had been ripped from the ear. The other earring was lost. Okay, That said to me that I was not at just the disposal site, that this was where the crime occurred because ripping out an earring tells me there was a struggle right there. It turned out that that was correct. And it was way out in an open field way down in South Atlanta. I don't know if anyone would ever have looked there. But see, that told me something. That told me, that one earring told me this Jane Doe had been transported there from where? We finally, through circumstantial evidence, figured out she had gotten off a MARTA train station and that that was the killer's M.O. Turned out this was not his first murder. He would get people coming off a MARTA train. And from that one clue, as it turned out, Cheryl McCollum, we could crack really the whole timeline and scenario and find the killer. So one clue, one fiber, one bit of DNA Anything can help prove a case. Do you agree or disagree, Cheryl McCollum? I completely agree. And Nancy, in this case specifically, with all of those injuries and wounds, I'm going to want to know how many are defensive, if any, how many are postmortem, if any, and how then did she wind up on the floor if they were asleep at the time. So the timeline is going to be what time does he say they went to bed? Was she awake when this happened or was she asleep? And he claims on the 911 call, if you remember, he says he just woke up and there was blood all over him. Well, if that's the case, that means he slept somewhere. So there should be blood on the floor where he slept or in the bed where he allegedly slept. 
So that's going to tell whether his story has any credibility at all. The preacher who blames his wife's murder on a cough syrup overdose now, according to the autopsy report, actually stabbed her 123 times. The 29-year-old North Carolina woman, whose newlywed husband tells 911 he OD'd on coal medicine, was slashed and stabbed. She was found in a fetal position to Steve Helling from People Magazine. I'm sure she had defensive wounds on her arms and knees, correct? I mean, if she was in a fetal position, that means she was curled up trying to protect herself, right? Exactly. And, you know, we know for sure that there were um, 35 cuts and stab wounds to her left arm and then also 16 cuts on her right arm. And, you know, um, considering that she had all these other wounds, those seem to be things that she was trying to either protect herself in some way uh, just because there's so many of them. I remember, uh, Cheryl, when I first had a defensive wound on a woman's knees. She had been beaten with probably a bat, and then her home set on fire. She she died from smoke inhalation ultimately, but she had a blow to the head. I'm sure you remember the case I'm talking about. But Cheryl, when the medical examiner said, yeah, that's a defensive wound, I said, on her knee? And he went, yes, because you're curling up and you're getting blows to the, you know, from your elbow down when you're holding your arms up on your your hands and you're curling your knees and legs up. So you're getting defensive wounds on your kneecaps and from the knees down, really, is where you see the most leg defensive wounds. Would you agree with that, Cheryl? Yes, of course, Nancy. And that's my point about her winding up on the floor. She was trying to get away from the bed to the floor. She did that, trying to get away from those blows. And, I mean, 123, Nancy, and keep in mind, whatever the scenario is, he has to go somewhere to get the knife. He has to come back and have this horrific assault on her, and then the knife winds up on the bed when she's on the floor. And then, again, he's claiming he went and slept somewhere while the blood dried on him. You're talking about a great deal of time and a lot of moving around, Nancy. Yeah, for for the blood to have dried. With me is... Renowned psychologist out of Manhattan, Karen Stark. Karen, a grand jury met on this case, and they determined the charge was not involuntary, which is under the influence of a drug or alcohol, or voluntary, which we also see in DUI, vehicular homicides, but premeditated murder, which means that they believe he had time to plan it, intent to kill. Now, of course, intent, Karen, as you and I have discussed, can be formed in the twinkling of an eye. From the time it takes you to point a gun and pull the trigger, that's long enough for intent to form. It doesn't have to be a long, uh, well-planned scheme. This jury, obviously, on what they heard, did not buy. I was high on cough syrup, and I don't remember what happened. They're calling it premeditated murder. What do you think, Karen? I know they were under a lot of financial stress. He never got a job as a pastor. He was, you know, cutting grass. She was working. She had a degree. and She was working, I think, as a forensic accountant or an, an auditor, I think it was. And then even had a second job trying to sell home goods from home. You know, it's... She was working like crazy. Do you think the marriage was falling apart, Karen? I think that there was something really wrong with him, Nancy. Even if he were 
affected by the cough medicine, whatever it was that he was claiming, it would disinhibit him, and there would be that part of him would come out. And obviously, we can take cough medicine, and we don't wind up killing somebody. There's another side to this guy that is not this wonderful husband, this Instagram perfect person who loves his wife. He posted in the past that there was a dark side to him and talked about his dreams and that since he was young, they're very, that he has night terrors and hallucinations. There's more to him than we really understand. Wait, 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 wait. What, what are you saying? Who said he's got a dark side to him? I bet nobody knew that at he Bible did. school. He did. Tell he me said, about that, please. Um, in, in a previous um, text and things that he had written on his Instagram page, he called himself Marty Radical, and there were photos of him dressed in black. Um, he quotes from a band, um, There is Evil in My Head. That's Wait a, a minute, do we have the song. same guy? Are you talking about 29-year-old Matthew James Feltz? Yes, I am. Okay, whoa, whoa. Cheryl McComb, did you know this? Nancy, I had seen a couple of writings about that, and here's the deal. I think he's either alibi-building Nancy to say, hey, I'm going to use this later to say, I was just dreaming, I don't know anything, or it is very possible that that is basically a confession. I'll take either one. I want to go back through it very slowly, if you don't mind, Karen, so I can understand what you're saying. Tell me exactly what you know about his frame of mind, Karen Stark. What it was, was on Instagram, he had posted, I'm not sure when, in the past, and said that he was, he called himself Marty Radical. There were photos of him dressed in black. He quoted lyrics by a heavy metal band saying, there is evil in my head, just let me be. And he said that ever since he was little, and here's the direct quote that I read, I've had some strong activity with my dreams, nightmares, night terrors, sleepwalking, hallucinations, and controlled dreams have all filled my life so far. Steve Helling with People Magazine, because all of this that Karen and Cheryl are alluding to, his postings, his dark dreams, I mean, I don't know what kind of dark dreams he was having at Bible school. Nobody seemed to know about it there. But now suddenly he's having dark dreams, dresses in black, and calls himself Marty Radical. Sounds like he's paving the way for a mental defense. I mean, why didn't they just break up Steve Helling, for Pete's sake? Well, that's a good question. You know, I, I I went to Bible college, Nancy, and I do know that there's this this push. You get married, married is marriage is for life. This is what it is, and if you're unhappy, that's sometimes just the way it goes. And so I don't know if he just felt pressure not to split up. I don't know if he had this dark side. I don't know if this dark side is calculated. But what I do know is that he had a part a side of himself that nobody in his life seemed to really know about. And now it's coming out. Well, wait a minute. He had it on Instagram. How can you say nobody yes, knew but about you know it? What? I mean, if Karen Stark and Cheryl McCollum know about it, I would pretty much say his wife and family and friends knew. You, you know what? You say that, but I know so many people who do things online and just their spouse never sees it. They don't talk about it with their spouse. You know, I can't imagine that she thought for a minute that her life was in any sort of danger. Otherwise, she would have left him. 
So, you know, I think this came out of nowhere for her. I, I don't know about that uh, because Karen Stark, I, I agree with almost everything you said, Steve Helling, with People Magazine, but Karen Stark, a lot of times, for instance, in abusive relationships, you stay in it never dreaming that one day it's going to be your last day, that that blow is going to, you know, knock you down the stairs and you break your neck or, or whatever. You're going to get pushed in front of a car. I, I don't know the scenario, but women right. stay in relationships without realizing or or without allowing themselves to realize they are in mortal danger. Uh, that's not that uncommon. I mean, domestic homicides, for Pete's sake, that's the number one cause of death amongst pregnant women. It's homicide. It's not blood pressure. It's not childbirth. It's homicide. That's right, Nancy. It's, it's so much about... Um feeling terrible about yourself and hoping and believing that the person that you're with will change. And she, they, they were married. She keeps posting all these beautiful pictures of the two of them. So there's a lot of denial that was going on here. They're struggling financially, and she's making them look like the prince and princess of happy coupledom. I don't think that she really understood that this was possible. And as for why he would do that instead of just leaving her. I mean, when you have that kind of a rage inside of you, you have a desire to carry it out. You know, you, you touched on so many th- important factors right there that are going to come in front of this jury because that's where it's headed. He's not going to plead flat out to life without parole or the death penalty. That's not going to happen. He's going to have a showdown in court. Why not roll the dice and see if a jury comes back with a not guilty, a hung jury, or a lesser, like a voluntary manslaughter. Maybe some nut on the jury would buy the cough syrup defense. But I want to talk about what Karen just said. Steve Helling, is it true that when police left that home, they took four computers, receipts, a mortgage statement, a knife set, credit cards, and Lauren's iPhone, all that taken from the home because typically if there's an accident in the home, they don't start rifling through your mortgage statements. All right. There's a reason they took that, Steve Helling. They were in financial trouble and he would not get off of his bum and go get a job with a church or some type of religious organization or foundation mm-hmm. to bring in some money to the home. He was just fine with cutting whatever yeah, lawns you know, he can get. I find it really interesting. The things that are on this, um, you know, they got from the sor- on their search warrant were not just, you know, obviously the knives make sense, the bed sheets, that makes sense. But they also got a lot of things so that they could reconstruct this couple's life. The best way to do that is to take their phones, their computers, their receipts. You'll know, you know, the police will know everything about their finances and whatever debt they were in and everything just on the things that they took. So they must be trying to come up with some sort of motive for why this happened, because these aren't physical items that would have been used in a murder. These are actually, you know, things about things from their life. Well, I can tell you one thing, Steve Helling. I know you're the crack <laughs> investigative reporter for People Magazine, but when it comes to men yeah. killing women, it's either money or sex. Okay? Ladies, am I wrong? Help me out here, McCollum. Money or sex. It always is. I mean, a woman will get mad because you didn't leave a rose on her pillow for the anniversary, and she'll blow your head off. But a man, it's always money or sex. Always. Sorry, man. Sorry to break <laughs> that to you, Alan Duke and Steve Helling. But there's your two motives. You don't think there's a girlfriend I floating around girlfriend, out there, do you, Cheryl? a boyfriend. There's some reason he wants out and had to do it this way. 
But, Nancy, I want to point out something else really quickly. Look at the details he gave. I'm covered in blood. The blood is dried. He gave the exact location of the knife. But then he just says, I had a dream. He gives no details of the dream. Was he being attacked in the dream? Was he the attacker in the dream? Was he fighting some mythical creature? I call BS on his story. You know what? You're so darn smart, Cheryl McCollum. What was his dream? I had a dream. Okay, what dream? You're so right. I guarantee you this much. He'll know what the dream is by the time he goes to trial, Cheryl McCollum. He'll have that dream down pat. He'll know exactly what happened. I mean, he'll be crying on the stand in tears telling the jury about this bad dream. So, Karen Stark, you know, I, I, I know you spend your days thinking deep thoughts about psychology and dealing with all your clients and patients, but you know it's money or sex. It's one of the two, right, Karen? I mean, I know that's pretty simplified, elementary, rudimentary for you, but can you weigh in on that? He may also be a sociopath. He may be somebody who has just been looking for an opportunity to kill. To me, when you read those posts that he allegedly wrote on Instagram, that's as though he's coming up with a defense ahead of time, you know, that he has these vivid dreams and he enacts things. So I don't really know when it comes to this guy. Money or sex, yes, in most instances, but he stabbed her so many times that... It makes you wonder, you know, like what was really going on with him psychologically. And he just may be someone who enjoys killing, has been waiting to do something like this. Let's pause just one moment to thank our partner. It's Link AKC. Guys, you know how much I love our family dog, Nitro, a.k.a. Fat Boy, and how I'm always on the lookout for fun new things we can try. Well, I found this amazing new collar, and it is called Link AKC, and it is so much more than just a collar. Backed by the American Kennel Club, Link AKC Collar is a GPS locator, a fitness activity tracker, and a smartphone app all rolled into one. I love the GPS locator part. You always know where your dog is. Did he get out of the yard? Did he jump the fence? You can see exactly where your dog is at all times right on the app total peace of mind. My favorite part is the activity and wellness tracker. You know, it doesn't matter how old your dog is, whether it's a pure breed, a mixed, or a mutt like fat boy. Link AKC shows the exact amount of activity every dog needs. I wish my fitness band did that. I may not want to know the answer. It's easy to set up. There are sizes for every dog and it's super comfortable. And Link AKC looks great on Fatboy. Head to our Instagram and Facebook to check out the picture I posted of Fatboy in his collar. He's looking good. Keep your dog safe, happy, healthy. It all got even easier with a special offer from Link AKC. Go to linkakc.com and use code NANCY to save 30% on your order with free shipping. Hello, code Nancy, N-A-N-C-Y, to save 30% on your order with free shipping at linkakc.com. Linkakc.com, code Nancy. Thanks, Link AKC. You know, I I remember um, Cheryl McCollum reading a book. This is before I had the twins. 
and uh, acquired my new motto. If I have time to read a book, I have time to write a book. This is when I still got to read books. Um, and I was reading a passage. I, I think it was some book that was trying to convince you to be a vegetarian. Believe it or not, yes. And Cheryl, it was talking about... Now, just go with me for a minute. <laughs> Steve Helling, quit groaning. Um, that when you are... Okay, you're going through a walk. Just say in Central Park, and a little chipmunk crosses your path, is your first inclination to chase down the chipmunk and eat it? Because mine is not, okay? But if you see an apple growing on a tree, you kind of have a natural instinct. You want to go pick the apple or the fig or whatever it is. It's just a natural instinct. It fits in your hand. It's not running away from you. (laughs) I mean, it's kind of a natural instinct, okay? And that's always stuck with me. And I never explained it that way. I actually explained it to juries with a story about a frog and a scorpion as to what is someone's nature. But uh, that's another story. But what I'm saying is Karen Steve Helling is talking about his nature. Had he always Is that his nature? Does he want to chase down the chipmunk and skin it and eat it? I mean, is his nature to kill? And... This is his opportunity to do it. Or did he kill for sex, for love, for some other girlfriend because of money problems, because he wanted out of the relationship, because he realized he didn't want to be married? But is it true, Steve Helling, that he actually sliced her jugular vein? Yes, it is. That was one of the many wounds on her, you know, on her neck area. So, yeah, I mean, listen, I understand the idea of money or sex and, you know, I don't want to be married anymore. But, you know, that's when you cut the brake lines in the car or something like that. That's not when you stab somebody 123 times. That's more than just I have a girlfriend on the side or we're we're having money problems. There's a rage there. It's totally different. You know what? You're right. I, I know you're an investigative reporter for the Incredible People magazine, but I think you may have a side a side career in therapy because 123 stab wounds, including the jugular, Karen Stark, that's a rage killing. Without a doubt, Nancy, and that's why I really don't think this has to do with, um, oh, he was this fantastic guy, and then overnight he took this cough medicine and became a rage killer. This has been Oh, brewing. it wasn't overnight. Marty Radical had been in existence for a really long time. Yes, Cheryl Marty McCollum, had. about this, Jackie has a very insightful question, which it would have probably taken me three weeks in front of a jury before it popped in my head. But <laughs> Cheryl McCollum, stabbing or slicing someone in their jugular vein. Let's think about that, that one thing just a moment. Because if he was in a frenzy killing, I mean, yes, I guess technically he could have sliced her in the neck but I mean when people are trying to protect themselves I think that had to be an intentional thing to specifically go for her jugular no doubt but Nancy here's the thing this guy was in a rage there's no question and this could have been that he was going after her because of something that she was going to do if she was going to leave him if she was going to tell people the reason why and he was not going to let that happen So to me, it has more of that feel to it. He was going to stop her from either outing him for being gay, outing him for being broke, outing him for being abusive, whatever it was, he was stopping her. Steve Helling, did she have on her pajamas? Was she dressed for bed? 
when she was killed? Was she naked? Did she still have on her clothes from earlier that evening? Because that would really tell me a lot. That's a good question. I'm looking here at the report to see if it's, if there's anything about that. I don't know the answer to that. I mean, I know the I know the number of stab wounds and that type of thing. It would be really interesting to know what she was wearing because that would tell us, you know, what she was thinking at the time. Was she on her way out the door or was she asleep? Like Exactly, exactly. That's what I'm saying, Cheryl McComb, about one clue can completely clue. crack open your theory. Because if she had on her PJs, you know how when you're getting in bed and you're going to sleep, very often you'll start going, I'm unhappy. Or I want to tell you what happened about so-and-so because it may be the first time you actually, you're not in motion, in movement. You lay down to go to sleep, and you're, you've got that 20 minutes or so before you fall off to sleep. That could have been when they got into a discussion, if she had on her PJs. Or did she have on, remember that night before she was murdered, she did a, a video for Scentsy, S-C-E-N-T-S-Y, I think it's selling candles. You know, like Yankee candles or whatever they are now. Um um, she was selling them, you know, like a little home business. Did she have that outfit on? Because to me, that will totally torpedo his claim he was asleep. That would have meant he stabbed her dead before they ever even got in bed. And his whole story is a lie. So it really matters, right, Cheryl? Absolutely. It matters completely, Nancy. That's what I'm saying. His version of what time did y'all go to bed? And that was my point earlier where he claims he just woke up. I can guarantee you there's no blood on his side of the bed where he went back to bed. There's not a spot of blood near her where he laid down and, you know, took the rest of his sleep there and then suddenly woke up with blood all over him. There's not going to be that secondary stain anywhere. Guys, what we are talking, what you're hearing right now is exactly how I would build a murder case. You go through, like, we've just gotten the autopsy report on this beautiful young girl, and we are gleaning every shred of probative evidence from the autopsy report we can and we are asking the questions that would prove or disprove one theory or the next this is how cases are built you find your deficiencies you try to shore them up or you prepare to fight them and what you're hearing right now wouldn't you agree Cheryl is how we prepare cases to take to a jury exactly like this. Oh, no doubt. And, Nancy, I remember something else you did one time a long time ago. It came down to mascara. There was a woman that had been murdered by her husband, and he claimed that she had already left for work. That was oh, his yeah. story, so he didn't know what had happened to her. I remember. She did not have on makeup. Remember that? I just so remembered it now that you said it. Where this? Uh, oh, yeah. And, <laughs> and this young woman depended. She had just put up a video. She's in makeup. If she's killed with makeup on, then she hasn't finished her nightly routine to remove that makeup. Cheryl McCollum, She's you know what? And they're going to be able to prove it with something just that simple. You know what? I forgot all about that case. I mean, I remember the murder. And now I remember she had a, a pretty uh, high-powered job, like not AT&T, but something corporate. And she would always, mm -hmm. oh, remember the days, we always had to wear a suit or a dress, pantyhose. I know they were created by men. <laughs> They're like little torture chambers for your pelvis. And, okay, so she had, um, would always wear pantyhose, heels, a suit. And I remember she had short um, brown hair. Of course, she was the only one working in the home, supporting her husband and children. Nothing wrong with that. And um, 
she never would go into the office without her lunch. She always made her lunch to save money, and she would always be perfectly made up. And she was found. She had on her work clothes, but she did not Mm -hmm. have on, you're right, she did not have on her mascara or her makeup, which proved to me she was not really on her way to work. She was not about to get out of the car and go into the office. She was killed at home and then put in that car, and the car was left in a parking garage because of the mascara. You're right, Cheryl McCollum. Exactly. And that is how you prove a case. And now we head to Pensacola, Florida, the Gulf Shore. A little girl is dead. Why? According to police, a 325-pound adult woman sat on the nine-year-old little girl as punishment. As punishment, she sat on her for 12 minutes, depriving her of oxygen. The little girl is dead. I, I, you know, right when I think I've seen it all, I find out I haven't. Joining me right now, Crime Stories contributing investigative reporter Drew Nelson. Drew, let's start at the beginning. What happened? So this was supposedly a punishment for this little girl. She's nine years old. Her name is Derricka Lindsay. Nine-year-old little girl and her, her cousin, who's much older cousin, she's in her 60s. This woman... Uh, the police are saying she sat on the girl because she was acting out of control, sat on her to where she couldn't breathe. So what I know is Derrica Lindsay of Pensacola, this little nine-year-old girl, goes into cardiac arrest after she complains she couldn't breathe when her much older cousin, who she called Aunt Veronica Green Posey, sat on her to punish her for acting, quote, out of control. I mean, a nine-year-old little girl, that could be them yelling or singing or slamming the door. It could be anything. She sat on her as punishment. Paramedics race to the scene, and the nine-year-old little girl was rushed to Baptist Hospital, where she was immediately pronounced dead. Now, this woman, the aunt, the cousin, tells police she sat on the girl in an armchair to discipline her for, quote, being out of control. When she stood up, she says she realized the girl was unresponsive and tried CPR. Now, Posey says she weighs 325 pounds. I'm I'm shocked. Karen Stark, psychologist, joining us. What? I've never heard of anything like it. Uh, Neither have I, Nancy. It's such an extreme punishment for a nine-year-old. I mean, I've heard of time out, but this is actually abusive. You don't have to hit somebody to be abusive. This is a case where someone is using all their weight and actually killing a little girl as punishment. Well, another thing we know... um, you know, and, and spanking or not spanking is a whole other can of worms. A swat on the booty. I tried to swat the twins on the booty, especially Lucy. John Davis just Mr. Happy. Lucy. Oh, you do not. <laughs> uh, well, I tried when they were about two, 
And they had on such thick pull-ups. They just looked at me like, what What did she just do? What was that? I, I just, you know, I gave up right then. Then I went with time out, which was really like a punishment to me because there's no lock on the door and I have to stand there to keep Lucy in time out. Now my life is a lot easier. I can just say, I'm taking away your iPad and suddenly everybody shapes up. Even my husband, taking away your iPad. Everybody just falls in line, lockstep. It's awesome. No more time out. No me having to be the bathroom door policewoman. So here, I I don't quite understand the significance of sitting on a little bitty, very small framed nine-year-old girl trapped in an armchair. There's nowhere she could go. She sat there and went into cardiac arrest, Drew Nelson. Do we have any other information about what she did to deserve that, Drew Nelson? I cannot tell you what she deserved um, other than what the police said that um, her her aunt, her cousin, who they called her aunt, said she was out of control. But I, I tell you what is so unbelievable about this: this the last the, the the last moments of this little girl's life. The last thing she did was complete. She said, "I can't breathe." So she was she was conscious throughout this whole thing. She she and the last thing she did was say she can't breathe, and then she couldn't breathe anymore. She stopped breathing. That's the point that. Um, the cousin had to start doing CPR. She said, I can't breathe and was crying, crying to be set free. We also know this fact to Alan Duke joining me from L.A. We know her parents were also charged in the incident. Uh, James Smith, Grace Smith, charges of child neglect for failing to report the abuse also, Grace Smith charged with cruelty toward a child. And, of course, guess what? Posey is already out on bond. Why? Why is she out on bond? Let's look at her parents. First of all, her mother, the person listed as her mother on the arrest report, Grace Joan Smith, is 69 years old. So I'm assuming that this child was adopted, perhaps from another family member, but the mom was 69, the dad, James Edmund Smith, also charged 62. So these perhaps were actually her grandparents. That's one assumption I would make. But they called uh, Posey over to their house. They were neighbors, and not only that, being her aunt. They're listed as the parents. What does that mean? I don't know. The arrest report says that the mom, Grace Smith, called her niece, Posey, over to her house asking for help because she said Derricka is just out of control. So Posey came over, this 325-pound woman came over and uh, and hit the child with a ruler and a metal pipe. That's when Derricka ran into the armchair, sat in it, and that's when Posey allegedly sat on her for 10 minutes, causing the death. A nine-year-old little Florida girl is dead after a 325-pound woman sits on on her as punishment. The little girl is crying, saying she can't breathe. She's trapped in an armchair because with an arm on either side and a 325-pound weight on you, there's nowhere for you to go. The little girl begging for help. Karen Stark, did you hear about the pipe and the ruler being beaten with a pipe and a ruler? Yes, this isn't your regular punishment. As you were talking about, Nancy, with the kind of family that we're used to. And I want to tell you something. When we were taught, if we were working with kids that were out of control and severely emotionally disturbed kids, we were never taught to sit on them. 
we were taught to hold their arms wrapped around them so they couldn't hurt themselves. Never, ever have I heard of punishment by crushing somebody. That's just um, unnatural, cruel, so extreme that it's, it's hard to talk about it. A nine-year-old crushed Hitting a child with a pipe? I mean, right there, that should have landed them behind bars for child endangerment or child cruelty. But imagine this feeling the little girl had, Karen, where her parents and this 325-pound cousin-slash-aunt were all ganged up on her. I mean, when your child is in distress, they look to mommy. Mommy, help me. Mommy, come come now. Help me. But mommy and daddy were in on it. Yep. They were colluding with her to harm this little girl. I mean, what happened to you need to be, you need to control yourself, go to your room, calm down. We want to hear what you have to say. No, they were all colluding to do extreme punishment, possibly injuring her. And no one seemed to be able to pull themselves together and say, there could be terrible outcomes as a result of this. This is awful. Well, also we know, uh, of course, Drew Nelson, we learned that the a guy named Mike Carroll, he's the secretary of the Florida Department of Family and Children's Services, issues a statement calling her death appalling and claiming they will now work with the sheriff's office. But he also says the family has had prior interaction with the child welfare system. You know what that means, Drew? There's been trouble before, and they left the girl in the home, and now she's dead. I, I sound like a broken record, Drew Nelson. There's a history here, there, that, something that uh, we've got to dig into deeper uh, with this, uh, the mother and the father, Grace and James Smith. Uh, now, I, I see that they are still in jail. That's what the, the records show, that they're, they, they haven't bonded out yet. Now, I don't even know if they were granted bond, uh, so we don't know if there is a deeper a uh, longer case uh, that could be going on here. Uh, the the person who is accused of sitting, uh, Veronica Posey, who is accused of sitting on the nine year old girl, the three hundred twenty five pound woman, she did bond. She she got out on bond, a uh, hundred twenty five thousand dollars bond. I was saying earlier, she's already out. She's out on bond, and the parents are about to get out. They're just getting the money together to get out. But I I, I just trying to imagine what this little girl, Derica, went through. Could it be, Karen Stark, uh, this is Jackie's theory, that sitting on her was just an, quote, easy way to control her? It's, I think it's horrible. What a horrible, horrible way to, to die as a child. You're outnumbered by three adults, including your mother and father, going along with it as you beg for air and cry, and they let you die. I, I, I think it's a death penalty case. I think that it certainly was something that wasn't thought out. Is it an easy way to control her? Yes, if we assume that killing somebody is always an easy way to control them. It's as though they couldn't think of any alternatives, that they couldn't be more creative. All they could think about is, you know, we'll have somebody crush her without any consequences. We have no idea what this little Derricka lived through before this insane act of a 325 pound she monster sitting on a a very slight nine-year-old little girl until she's dead you know 
they got a one-way ticket to hell as far as I'm concerned with a little pit stop in the penitentiary. Nancy Grace, Crime Stories, signing off. Goodbye, friend. Do you find yourself obsessing over unsolved mysteries? Do you wish there was a group of people just like you to talk motives and alibis with? If so, join the CrimeCon Cold Case Club and work alongside experts and fellow crime sleuths to help uncover new leads and theories in the cold cases they adopt. Their first cold case focuses on the mysterious disappearance of nursing student Mara Murray in 2004, and it's free to join thanks to Oxygen. Sign up now or find more info at club.crimecon.com. That's club.crimecon.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zinn 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Big thank you to our partner making today's crime stories possible. It's Lisa Mattress. Lisa's Sapira Hybrid has been named Wirecutter's best hybrid mattress five years running. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash Nancy for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash Nancy. Thanks, Lisa Mattress, for being our partner. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible, Easy Breathe. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe Ventilation System exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe Ventilation System. You can get it installed or do-it-yourself kits available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com. Get 20% off today. Thank you, Easy Breathe, for being our partner.